ever read a book and wanted the main character in the video game you're playing? Ever seen a movie and imagined the villain in your next tabletop campaign? <laughs> so, so have we. Um, we. The Gamer Alchemy Podcast is a bizarre conglomeration out of the mind holes of Elliot and Guy, where we explore how characters from endless fictional settings might be built in different worlds. And I used a pair of words I don't like in this intro. I think the last three times we've started this, we've messed up the intro and we always use it. So here we go. Yes. Go. It's your turn to keep going. Oh, it's my turn. Hey. <laughs> I can't read. So do you want to see eleven in in the Magic the Gathering? Oh wait, I can't read. That's eleven in the Magic the Gathering. <laughs> we'll imagine it. Hey, what about Captain America in Final Fantasy Tactics? Let's give it a try. Great. And whatever combination or words that we can try to stumble through on every intro, we'll talk lore, game design, and find the best fit for it here on the Gamer, Gamer Alchemy, Alchemy Podcast. Podcast. I swear, if we ever have cold opens for this show, it's just going to be us screwing up the intro every time. It's gonna be fine. It's really gonna be fine. And you know, we had we had these grand plans to go through several different items and whatnot in our last episode, but we ended up going down a rabbit hole creating the champion Doran when we looked at his items and I said, you know what, Elliot, I don't have the capacity right now to think of where what items I want to do now. So why don't you kind of figure out our shtick? And he's he did it folks but it's not going to be any items you can buy in the shop this is uh so this idea for those listening gary is uh specifically is that gonna be the chick now we just gary you're just permanently one of our imaginary third co-host gary's goal is to get on the podcast <laughs> so uh, he's just our generic audience audience is gary gary is audience sure um i know that yeah sorry so this episode was born out of what's the next item that we want to do and we're still going to take time in the future to homebrew league items for D. &D. however there's not a lot of lore around a lot of them um like there's there's some that are bathed drenched and drowning in their own lore i'm looking at you ruined king blade uh and then there's others that they have lore and it actually is established as recent as the arcane netflix series so the turbo chem tank but a lot but of them those... so hold on okay. pause clarification for me even though i'm the guy that's running a lore podcast arcane is not in-game canon Ar it's like arcane is story it, it, canon meaning like their backgrounds should line up with what is in they like, don't the client to mm -hmm. a degree and i think that that is kind of riot's goal though the more narrative they tell i know that, that like that's why they're reworking a bunch of people 
maybe not their gameplay, but their stories because they want a consistent world that these characters are based out of. Why didn't they start with that? Uh, sorry, that's a tangent because I remember reading that because I did Jinx and Vi mm-hmm. on my other podcast while Arcane was out, and they're I'm not going to say irreconcilable, but it's kind of like the most recent Star Wars movies and the rest of the canon. Like, I think does that I actually hear, work? I can hear that, and I would argue that if Vi and Jinx are irreconcilable, it's just because Arcane is not meant to be current with the stories that we're familiar with from the League client. It's meant to be the prequel stories. Right. Anyway, okay. Yes. Sorry, I got it off. But the Turbo Chem Tank is demonstrated front and center later in the Arcane series, and it's like, ah, that is a wonderful nod to the item in League. And but th- that's very few. For instance, I was particularly eager to do some of the named items, looking at like uh, the ones that I was really interested in were Leandri's Anguish, Luden's Echo. But even just a quick search on League Wiki, which has basically most information for anything League or related. Or Riftmaker. Yeah, the Riftmaker was the other one I was looking vibes. at. Oh, man. Um, you Like some cursed sword vibes there. Yes. And, well, I think the Riftmaker, I don't know if it's a blade. I think it's a device. I imagine it is a staff because it builds out of whatever those two blasting rod and Ooh, uh uh think the uh, and the leeching leer the first avengers movie when the tesseract is creating the portal above new york that's kind of what i think of as the rift maker ah uh, i understand yeah sure yeah um but all of these items like you're not going to find anything on anyone really named leandri you're not going to really find anything on someone named luden and so it was kind of like or blood. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was just a sad to see and not be able to follow up with discussion besides like, hey, here's an item to put in your D&D campaign. But there's nothing exciting to build it around, especially when it comes to the mythic items, like all of the ones I just mentioned. It's like, man, a mythic item. It sounds like I could have a whole arc of my campaign where they're going through this dungeon and it's themed around this item's idea and they barely escape with their lives. But they got the mythic item. And it's a big deal for one person. But it just wasn't sure. there. Now you could design an you could still design an item and kind of like spitball some lore to fit your campaign, but like we wanted to, to like just we wanted to discuss how it impacts lore uh lore and league and therefore could better be suited to fit into a D game, even if it's not league based. So, while I was exploring the wiki, long story short, I discovered that there is a section on the items page called Minion and Turret Items. Things that I knew existed, but once I saw them all together, I was like, I has idea. (laughs) And so... What if they fought back? The billions sundered in our paltry wars against one another. Yes, yes, very much so, and it's very funny. So I think I see this as kind of like a gimmicky campaign, or uh, at least a, a gimmicky session for a D and D thing. Say, I feel like it's a one shot, but yes. your villain is a hundred percent Viger based on a lore. Or if it's not Viger, it's your equivalent of a home brewed three minions stacked in a trench coat. <laughs> Whatever you would like, but Viger would or be perfect. Coat full of kobolds. <laughs> um, I do. I think Viger would be an 
excellent choice for a, you've made it through here so far. Um, and so we're going to go through. I need a Viger. I need Viger. I need Viger to have a cousin. Oh my goodness. Headcanon for me. It's not official, but I now have decided that Viger and Kled are brothers and they have another one that is older and a mix of the two. How is I need Riot wild... not capitalized on this idea? Insane Yordles. <laughs> Insane Yordles Anonymous. I-Y-A. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Lulu. <laughs> I am the master of darkness. Why is oh, the mushroom talking? <laughs> it has been three minutes since I have last cackled maniacally. You need to get off that chair, Jim. I am the master of darkness. Why does this taste purple? <laughs> Who's mediating that particular session? It has to be Tristana. <laughs> Except, and that's the secret. That's the deep dirt secret. That she's a recovered insane yordle. <laughs> Look here, guy. No, it's Poppy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because be, she's yes. the one that's trying to make everything right and take no, no, care no, of no, people. No, 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 no. She's reformed. Remember how you, Poppy used to look? That's Poppy on drugs, kids. You don't want to be no, Poppy on like, drugs. Yeah. So Tristana's still your recovered one, but she's the one that's like gone through the program. And about four years later, she's like, you know, it got me through where I was at and I really needed it. But I don't know that I would recommend anyone back to it. And then you like it cut scenes over to them and it's Poppy trying to mediate between Viger, um, Kled, uh, and, Scarl, and, and you Lou? do it mockumentary style, like Parks and Rec in the office. So it's a it's a cutaway with Tristana, and then it cuts back to the group on yep. a, on the live cam. Yep. Okay. Head cam right. aside. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're not gonna necessarily build out a whole dungeon, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna discuss how each of these minion and turret items could be an a a, a part or effect that you use in building a session. So when it comes to the turret items, maybe it's just if your party is sieging a hideout, this is one of the traps or defenses that they have to make their way through. And for sure. each of the minion items, just how that could impact combat, whether you want to have hordes of minions that they got to bust through, you know, Dynasty Warrior style, or you actually have them have some serious combat with a handful of them. Um, this will be up for yours, uh, your choosing. So, um, keep it a very simple there with that. So, the, we're just going to go in order. Again, all of this is found on the League of Legends wiki. So, leagueoflegends.fandom.com backslash wiki. Um, this is our reference for all of this information. Like item underscore parentheses open league underscore of underscore legends close parentheses. For those of you who cite your sources, uh, APA style format, uh, hashtag uh, college trauma. Um, (laughs) I was a Turabian kid because I was a history major. I am so sorry. (laughs) I feel like I like Turabian better. Anyway, I don't know. Carry Um, on. Sorry. Anti-tower socks. Ooh, yes. Okay, so the the first thing I wanted to hit before we hit the... uh, anti-tower socks and i actually just closed something and i'm not sure what it was um minions themselves have actually their lore has actually changed since league of legends started and yes they technically have lore um 
the legacy lore, as we discovered, and I have since lost my place for. <laughs> Minions are units that comprise the main force sent by the Nexus. They spawn periodically from their Nexus and advance along a lane towards the enemy Nexus, automatically engaging any enemy unit or structure they encounter. They are controlled by artificial intelligence and use only basic attacks. It's beautiful. Um, and so they are actually magical constructs. Um, at one point I misread it. It was like, oh, they're controlled by artificial intelligence. And I was like, holy crap, there's artificial intelligence in Runeterra. And then I realized, oh no, that's just them describing how the video game League of Legends controls them. And uh, I hung my head in shame for a moment. Fine. <laughs> I pronounced 11, 11 earlier. We're, We're having okay. a night, folks, and it's fantastic. So the very first thing that we look at in terms of the items is the anti-tower socks. Apparently, looking at it... Oh, that's just the, t that's just the uh, patch history. Um, apparently, they're actually just cosmetic items because it's not letting me load the page. Guys, we're prepared for this. We're professionals. We, we, we... Did you want me to click on anti-tower socks? I did it, and it took me to the minions page. Yes. If you scroll over it, you learn that the passive is a unique passive oh where turrets' gosh. basic attacks are modified to deal X amount of damage. I'm not a technology person. <laughs> they are free, though. They are free. For the minions, especially. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to... Okay, there. That's perfect. So, yes. they. Uh, it's, it's, it's essentially... The turrets do a lot of damage, and it's based on your percent health. Um... If you were going to convert this as a defense, and I find, I think it's actually kind of funny that uh, the minions have a percent, like their damage is dealt not by damage amount in League, it's dealt by percentage from the tower, whereas for you, the player, it has a set amount of damage that it does, and then it's increased. It's I think it's a very healthy mechanic to ensure that if a turret's shots don't get too big, then the, you know... The minions aren't one shot by the tower. So I really like this. If you're putting this into D&D, &D, having any item, I think having any item that causes or prevents percentage amounts of damage is pretty risky to be broken. Whether Meaning it could either steamroll combat because you can either like metagame your character to do a ton of attacks, therefore the percentage works. Or you can metagame your character to just way be way too tanky for anybody. Um, I'm 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 trying to think of this from the DM perspective because if the minions are the ones that your party is fighting, I, it just is hard for me to imagine uh, this being the most healthy. So what I would think is it would just be instead of percentage based, it would be some kind of effect and I've done this for an, for an enemy before and it worked out pretty healthily where they are damaged based on like the number of hits they receive so it's like they receive every time they are successfully attacked they take a damage and so the goal is to uh, successfully attack something 10 times or whatever and as long as there are 10 successful attacks it dies at the end of 10 attacks um yeah. 
that's kind of how I see this being played out in terms of since they're socks, they're literally worn items. It would just be your players. It's not against health. It's the number of attacks determine when a minion dies. Sure. And I mean, there's a, I've heard a couple DMS that when you want to run uh, epic feeling combat, so let's say you have your player characters and they're going to be going against like thematically, it makes sense for there to be waves and waves of enemies, but you don't actually want those enemies to be full-blown stat blocks that you have to track. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, Max Colville talks about minion mechanics where every, it is the stat block of whatever item or whatever creature. You just give them one health. So mm-hmm. same attack stats, same everything else. You just have them. You just give them one health. So basically, if you successfully hit them, they do damage. So this would be a good. This would be probably the first choice that we would present to you. Either if you want them to be fighting through, I'll call it the one v one thousand dynasty warrior style kind of moment. Uh, right. Make it the one hit. Like if they're hit, they're dead. If you want them to actually have some real combat. Um, like more classical D and D combat, then I would say go with the like what I first said, where it's like they have a certain number of hits that they have to receive, and then they die. Um, right. That way, your overpower. I think that would actually be hilarious because then, like, your overpowered barbarian isn't going to be like seventy-seven damage. Let's say paladin with divine smite, seventy-seven damage. They're dead. The minion's going to be like, you hit me once. <laughs> I am, of course, now looking at the Legends of Runeterra minion card, which is a two-drop, two-one with last breath, create a copy of me in hand at the next round start. And the quote on here is delightful. A true supervillain can never have enough minions. Short little fellows who know their place, obey your every word, and always come back for further instructions. Excerpt from Chapter 2 of How to Be a Supervillain by Lord Viger. So, folks... We, we've been hoodwinking you. There's a totally appropriate reason that we are choosing to do a minion episode today. The new Minions movie came out. This was entirely planned. We had thought of this from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, we did. Because I'm so closely following the Minions movie. I can't stand those movies. And the reviews for this one are like, even for a kid's movie, it's hard. It's hard to watch. Anyways, moving on. Um, The next item is a turret item. Uh, This one's actually pretty simple. It just means that if there's no... It says if there's no minions or the Rift Herald, if it's within range, then it gains like 66% damage reduction and immunity to true damage. Two-thirds. I think that the... Very simple way to put this is if you're going to, I, and I would imagine that if you're going to have a turret guarding something, it's got to, for this effect, it would have to be some kind of automaton. Well, you know what? That's actually a really interesting mechanic that I've never thought about doing in a game where you have to have a certain item on your person. Like conceptually, this makes sense, and why haven't we done it at some point or seen it? But like, you have to have a certain item within your possession, within a certain range, to make this thing engageable. I'm gonna you say know? one word, 
and you're gonna you're gonna immediately be like someone has to have thought of this already what kryptonite that's essentially what we're get what this is getting at there is something that when close to something else allows you to affect it right so i think this would be a very fun mechanic and i have actually really fun. i have sort of done something like this there was uh, a campaign that i did it was it was a, a magical high school campaign and the very first training battle which they had to do for a, the equivalent of gym class um they Gross. were put against do you know those polygon spheres with the different shapes like the star hole the circle hole the square hole and your oh, goal yeah, is you to get me, them you in. told me about this yes so listeners this is a very fun one this was a basically my players had to fight a giant children's toy and there were different pieces that fit in the different holes the different sides of this toy and when they got the pieces into it it caused different effects and it, it basically got stronger and stronger the more that was in it but if they got the final piece in it it get, became super weak but it also had like a one-hit kill move and so they were they had the chance to weaken it to the first three phases as it did considerably more damage but the moment that the they got the final piece inside, it became extremely vulnerable. But if they didn't kill it in one turn, it was going to devastate them. And so it was. it's similar to this where it's like, okay, you can either do something proximity, like get them close together and they take damage. Um, or something where it's just like, maybe we have to make it make contact. Maybe we have to put something on it. Um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This Sorry, also like it would be interesting but that idea of bringing something close and I'm thinking you do you could do this as a I'm I'm trying to fit this into like a one shot or a scenario mm -hmm. and so my brain keeps pulling Viger up. So it makes perfect sense that he's imbued some turret and also all of this is throwing my Black Rose Cabal power testing fan theory out the window. Because the minions are obviously being summoned by the most powerful dark yordle on the planet. Um, well, it just anyway. means that they have they have locked Viger to work for them. Ooh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. They We're have successfully. The they're so dangerous because they have successfully encaptured a yordle, or convinced him to work for them. <laughs> An evil organization, of course. You need the most evil being imaginable. Was that a short joke? Um, uh, yes. Um, for the next 10 minutes, we will attempt to do all the most annoying voices present through all of League of Legends. <laughs> uh, sorry. No. Um, um, the next... I can't do Lux's laugh. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, by the way, we are considering doing a Star Guardian episode, and I'll just go ahead and admit, so I never have to say it again, that the first League of Legends skin that I ever bought was Star Guardian Lux when she came out. Uh, it's still a great quality skin, actually. They've really upgraded it nicely. Anyways. I'm still waiting for Star Guardian Garen. As, as a shout-out and homage to Star Guardian Helmet Bro. You already got Star Guardian Urgot. What do you mean? I would I would go for Star Guardian Garen. Uh, <laughs> the next item 
This one, I don't know. I feel like this. Please one's don't tell outdated. me you're looking at fortification. I am looking at fortification. That's not an item. That is a status. I know. It's but it's listed under minion and turret items, so it's essentially the, the same are hard thing. To kill. Yeah, there it, it makes you harder to kill. However you want to do that. Oh, I take damage. I take one less. There, boom. You've got an item. You you do that however you want. DM. Or you just don't make that an item. It is a feature of the the turret crafted by the evil tower of Viger. Like I imagine this particular. I imagine these being used on minions. And so, like, I'm already trying to craft a little goofy story around it. There's an evil Dark Wizard's Tower. The evil Dark Wizard's Tower has the Master of Evil in it. I also just watched Sleeping Beauty today, which actually, all things considered, is it or not Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty with Aurora. Actually a delightful film. Mm-hmm. Um just a uh, classic story. Right, and it's it, the only the only cringy part is when Philip follows uh Prince Philip follows Aurora into the forest and they don't even know each other's names and he's like insisting that he hold and stay close to her and I'm like you punch him in the groin and you run away like What do you mean there's dangerous men? Look over there. Ugh. <laughs> You're a perfectly unknown man and I'm only 16 years old. Um, that has been, that's clearly identified in the film. She is only 16 years old. Um, and he's only 16 years old, but Hey, my favorite quote, which I hadn't heard in the whole film until I watched it again today is when the, the King is talking to Philip and he's like, and you're going to marry this girl because you were betrothed. And he's like, come on, father, we're stepping into the new age. It's the 14th century after all. And, um, that made me laugh. (laughs) I love it. Um, uh, anyway, so fortification. I'm imagining this is like goofy, like super classic story. Wizard's Tower, evil wizard at the top, and you are trying to get to the evil wizard's tower and either kill the wizard or get the th- the treasure that he has beneath it. But the only thing that lets you damage the automata or the turrets that are attacking through these waves of minions is you having a certain item that you had to go grab, which would have been whatever this reinforced armor, the the, the counter to it. And so mm-hmm. fortification would just be a, a feature of the automata. I, and I like it. Uh, next one. This is... This is unique. This is, this is kind of the same, like the, the opposite... Or tied to the anti-tower socks. Gusto is just kind of a... It's kind of a status. It's kind of just a feature. Like, friendly fire is turned off, sort of. In this scenario, if I'm converting it to D&D, I'm not seeing this as minions going from... Like, you're defending your tower and trying to infiltrate another. This is you just trying to infiltrate a tower. So I imagine that maybe the turrets just fire indiscriminately (laughs) for no reason. Um, Or it's AOE. Yeah, uh, yeah, an AOE shot, and so the the minions have some kind of magical protection from their evil wizard sorcerer overlord. Um, I that's I think that's the easiest way of doing it. Turrets, it, the stated defect, basic attacks are modified to deal forty five percent of this minion's maximum health as pre mitigation damage. Oh it, no 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 no! Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! 
Oh, wait, I'm thinking vice versa. I was thinking the damage dealt by the minions is affected by... Because you we've got these minions, which thanks to the anti-tower socks, uh, you, you have to hit them so many times before they die, not based on your damage. But what if they're damaged, kind of like your your creature, the damage they do is modified by the amount of health that they have. I I do like this idea, actually. Also, I'm realizing that these might apply to different types of minions. They probably do. This, mm. I'm guessing, since the icon is a fist, is for the melee. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And I've always wondered why the turret takes three hits to kill a minion. This explains it. It's 45%. So, essentially, yep. this is also built to help make sure that you are last hitting the minion if you're skilled properly. I'm gonna late. say if you're if you're fair, if you're particularly skilled, <laughs> that's kind of a key component of that particular endeavor. You have to get good. There's a reason I'm the support main. Yes, folks, <laughs> we know that I protect the ADC, the ADC, my ADC, that Ash, that Ash. We also just watched Emperor's New Groove, and so I just heard Kronk saying that. That was the that was the goal. The, uh... That's perfect. Emperor's Good. New Groove is gold. Uh, another great film. This is another one, and I think this has I've... very interesting Sorry. item or implications for D and D. The Ohm Wrecker turret item. The first effect is that turret attacks cannot be dodged. And when I think about that, <laughs> I'm I'm imagining to balance it out, you would have to make it a very low damage roll. But you make it. I don't know. I also it has just... a, it. No, no, no. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. It's a guaranteed hit. It's low to medium damage, but it travels stupidly slow. So you have a chance so, to like, move immediately when you. Um. Well, this is where it's goofy. So you step forward into the range of the turret as a player character. And so you see this light kind of like pour out from the tower or the, that. And you watch it and you sit there because it's not coming at you. It's just coming towards you. It's like it's not attacking you per se. And then it hits like and by the time it gets to you, there are three more in succession. And conveniently, they are emitted every six seconds. And they travel at 20 feet per round. And so you're sitting there and you get hit by the first one. And you're like, ow, that actually hurt. And then you move away from it and they keep following you. But you can move just fast enough for them to not hit you. But the moment you have to like stop for more than one turn... You will have multiple attacks hit you. So, and if you win the battle, you still have to figure out how to mitigate those. Because even if you win yes. the battle and you stop and there are like eight following you. Okay. So for everybody who has played Elden Ring, there is a very vivid and angering area. It is the second area. You've just defeated... Um, Godric the Grafted, and you've entered the lakes of Liurnia. And as you're going through the lakes, 
these like ghoulish things will rise up and shoot this like golden outlined black fire towards you and it does not matter how far you go the it will keep chasing you until either it hits you or terrain gets in the way and it hits the terrain and i did not realize this because the very first time for the very first time i was running through there because i just heard all these things rising and i was like oh i'm just gonna run past all of you all and then the other annoying thing about this area are these crabs that will pop up out of the water. And if you run by the crabs, the crabs are like, uh, why do you ignore me? And they have a sniper shot, like water gun attack. Like it's almost impossible to dodge. And so the first time I pass a crab, it decides to snipe me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, is this how we're going to play? And I turn around and I'm going to be like, I'm going to mutilate this crab. And as I get near the crab, all of a sudden, like... 12 shots of this golden crested black flame just spawn through the crab and I'm like I'm about to die. I am going to die. And and I did. Um and that's when I realized these are the most long range heat seeking things. And so that's what you just described is exactly what I thought. These orbs activate to chase you if you are in an area of effect when fired. And they're slow enough that you can outrun them. Exactly. Now, so that oh, sounds hysterical. Now, the other thought that I have, and I think that this would be a really fun adaptation of this, maybe not directly of Ohmwrecker, but a trap room where there are sigils all over the room, and it is by stepping on these sigils that this that a turret like launches one at you. Sure. I think that would be a fantastic way. So imagine like you're approaching this minion citadel. And you're like, all right, let's get going. But as you start walking into this, I'll assume, an open field surrounding the citadel, you step foot. And you're like, oh, crap, what do we do? And that's what you start to have to fight through. <laughs> Ding. Now, what would be really hysterical is you could bat them back like something out of a Zelda game. And if I you love bat it back so you can use your attack to either try and wound the thing that's attacking you or hit that and if you hit it it gives you like uh the damage so let's say it has a an ac of five mm -hmm. your whatever you roll over the five is considered your attack roll against the thing that you, you're hitting it back towards. I like so it. if you roll a 23 to hit, your, your, like, swing... Anyway, that would be... You could play with it. Would be, you would have rolled an 18 to hit. Does that make sense? I do, I do like this idea. That would be hysterically goofy and stupid, particularly if you're fighting a bunch of, like little one or two hit derps that are only doing like a D four of damage, but there's eight of them around you and two up on there and you're being followed. It. Like this is going to be death by a thousand cuts. Yes, it is. Um, okay. So the next one, this is again, more of an effect, but I think this is actually be very easy to adapt to a siege of a minion base. Um, but this is called overcharged. And Guy and I aren't immediately familiar with it because we're not sure if it's in the main tower 
if it's in like the main League of Legends uh, uh, game mode or if it's something else. But the, the, the effect is overcharged and the symbol is one of Ziggs's bombs, but it's tinted green. And all it says is that at 55 minutes, the turret basically begins to malfunction and becomes a lot easier to destroy. And I think a great way to put this into your D&D thing would be that at some point during some combat it's from the overcharged game Sorry, go ahead. My mind is locked cuz I can only think of Earth for some reason. Anyways, the 3v3 um, player arena, 50 points to win, destroy charge. It came out in 2017, I guess. I vaguely remember this. The thing that I remember around the game mode that I particularly remember around that time was more of the project game mode, which I still love. It's the the project game with the blast nodes. and It is that? I loved that game mode. Map objectives. You carry augmentation fragments and you have to spawn those. Champion kills get a point while your overcharged kills earn you five points. You have to get 50 points to win and destroy charge bots and steal their fragments. Okay, it's yes, that is it. 43. Yep, that is my favorite game mode of all time. I just did not know that this was effective turrets or something. Um, I loved that game mode. I could juke and dodge like nobody's business, and I often carried my team 1v3 just because my teammates would give up or troll or whatever. Um, I loved it. I loved that game mode so much. An easy way to do this, though, would just be, after so many rounds of combat, maybe a uh, self-destruct sequence starts to occur on the castle. Something like that. Keep it very simple. Oh, dear. Yeah. Like, create the end of the session for your players. Just like, hey, this is triggered after X amount of time or X rounds of combat. If they're taking too long to, like, maybe they're trying to be super stealthy and sneaky to go in and get whatever they want from the deal... Yep. Um, the next one, this is a great uh, reference, a fourth wall reference, but it's called Freakish Gusto. Gusto. Uh, and it is spelled based off of the League of Legends LCS caster Freak, P H R E A K. Yep. It's just, it's a buff up of the old Gusto. Yeah. Or the one we've already talked about. And it's going to be, it's the same for the next item. So what I think this would just say is like, at a certain point, the that Gusto effect and the reinforced armor effect both get more intense. Yeah. Um, the next one, and this is where I think you could actually, if you wanted to do the 1v1000 gameplay with this minion idea, this is where you would, this is where you could then say, here's the real combat. And this it's with the super super minions, or apparently what they're called is super mech armor minions, um, which I I do like. Um, this also could be another game mode one, and I'm just not missing it. But the essential thing is that they're a beefier minion, and it's harder to do damage to them. In league, super mech armor uh, allows a turret only to do seven percent of that minion's health. It's pretty straightforward. Um, so just make it harder to hit that minion or damage that minion. Yep. Um, it's pretty straightforward from here, actually, until we get to the last one, I think. Super Mech Power Field. It's basically an aura for your allies. If there are minions nearby, 
they have more armor or magic resistance. So maybe it's just minions within X radius of a super minion. Take two hits to kill. <gasps> Something like that. Make it simple. Don't make it delay the game too much. Especially if you're doing yeah, yeah. the if you're aiming for the 1v1000 dramatic gameplay. Yes. Turret plating is I don't even want to maybe I would I would just say just if you're gonna try to destroy the turrets, you have to hit them multiple times. Sure. I was gonna think about something with the gold there, like maybe you break them. Ooh. And you I don't know. That's that's the unique feature there. Like you're gonna have those greedy players who want all the gold and it's like, well, when you strike that, it shatters into Wait. maybe it's made out of some bizarre electrum because no one uses electrum. Okay. Um, I... Some weird electrum plating, and that when you destroy it, electrum is scattered all across the. Or let's 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 story this out a little bit. Let's say that Vager is the big bad of this session, um, sure. but all he's done is constructed these minions. But they're just super dumb. And so he, he tells them to do something. And they'll do it because, he, like, in his creation of them and the understanding of language he's given them, they will know what to do. But they won't necessarily know how to do it best. So when he has said, construct these towers to defend our castle, they've just taken the treasure chests and set them up as like the panels guarding the tower or the turret. So when you shoot, you're trying to damage the tower, you hit these treasure chests and they just burst with gold. You could do that. Or you could set this in like a treasure room, like a giant yes. vault or a treasure room. Yes. Um, And then it would make sense that they had a last minute like defense. And that's what they did either way. I'm, Yes. Distract the players with gold. And then the last one, this is actually a... Uh, it used to also double, the icon especially, as a, uh item for players. Um, however, looking through the removed items on the League Wiki, I'm noticing there are several green-eye wards, and it's kind of hilarious how many times that that has been reused. Um, I think the warden's eye is for use in ARAM. Cur, I believe you are correct. It can see camouflage and invisible units within 1,200 units. Um, if you wanted to do this, this would be, especially if you know that your party loves the stealth option, this is where you start playing around a little bit. Still give them a way to get through stealthy, but this would be how your party might be forced into some 1v1000 combat because they're minions. You want to blow up a ton of them at once. But it's a, it's just a way to counteract it. I would say just make it a. You you have to do constant stealth checks as you're approaching the castle. If it's interior to the castle, you just do it as you go. It's it's gonna look like pretty standard checks and rolls for your players, but maybe it has some kind of alert if it if you fail and it catches you, something like that. Sure. Pretty standard DM dungeon trap kind of mechanic with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple, folks. So a so very simple minion assault. You're trying to take down the evil master Viger, who apparently is the father of these um, minions. Creator of oh, yeah. these. Uh, I am your creator. Do not bow down to me. That just denotes my stature. 
No, when he bows down, he asks if that's a short joke. Um, <laughs> are you mocking my height? Anyway, so that would be, um, yeah, I think that's the piece. And then it would be like you probably have some fun ways of setting up the actual tower yes. as far as what the what the different approaches would be. You could have some, like, funnel points. So maybe there's a moat around it with a dark tunnel to the void at the bottom and you have to walk across one of three bridges and so yeah there's a lot of different ways that you could um do something fun in that regard and if uh i just had this idea which would be pretty freaking hilarious if you uh, if your players are like oh this is too easy this is silly just drop the baron or dragon in it like into a random room like they walk into a room and boom because technically the dragon the baron the rift herald they're all technically minions of the map so if you wanted to just do this just have stat blocks ready just to punish your players if they get too cocky or you could have it planned and just have it be like one of the hardest to access spots of this dungeon and it just happens to have the hardest boss of the dungeon. Yeah, in or it could be like the if you did waves and stages, so maybe this is a concentric yes. ring, a concentric ring of towers, so the outer walls are defended by minions. Second wall is defended by the rift herald and they like the minions release the release the rift herald with the number of siege minions in that mech armor and then the final stage is the actual tower itself where viger summons the baron nasher and you have to fight what essentially is a reskinned dragon or uh, purple worm of some kind and get to him before he escapes I think it's perfect. I like it. Love it. I like it. Keeping it keeping it nice and simple today, folks. Guy and I, uh, I think we're both pretty tired, and we've had a good week. And so uh, we wanted to keep with the league stuff. And um, next month, actually, it would be this month, because it's July now, isn't it? Man. Um, yeah. We will yeah, be, it's uh, July. We're, st we're, we're actually trying, we, we did say at some point in the last few months that our schedule might be a little different over the summer, but we've been actually working to still try to get you guys an episode every other week, you know, for you, Gary, and <laughs> um, that's still kind of what we like, um, we're, so we're seeing how our summer schedules work, but if we have to skip a week due to something, we'll roll with it, Gary, we yep. know you'll survive too, so... Um, but we'll get you some more content here soon, and um, we're we're probably going to start looking. A guy has been mentioning um, a few other tabletop games to me that I'm uh, interested we have, in. We have a whole list of ideas too. Yes, we still have the Call of Cthulhu stuff to do, but I'm I keep wanting to wait, hold off on that stuff till October because Halloween. Yes. And trust me, we've we actually play tested some Call of Cthulhu, a Call of Cthulhu game. I love the system. We just haven't been able to play more than one session, and um, we're excited to return to it and develop some content around it. But we, we do want to save that for the spooky season. 
Um, so what we're one of the ideas that we might pursue for the next few sessions will be um, potentially some Star Guardian content with the release of the soon-to-be Star Guardian skins. Uh, the new. Star I'm gonna Guardian have to skins. do a lot of reading on that. I have on the League Wiki one of the popular pages being recommended to me is the Star Guardian universe. So uh, I'm looking over at that one. <laughs> so. Um, and I'm yeah. not doing alternate universes on my other. Maybe I will. No. There is some fun lore. I know, but like, I want to do all the champions first. Mm, I got you. And then, and then go back and start doing the alternate universes just, for those. And make, yeah. you just got—I mean, it's 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 all you, man. His other podcast, by the way, is Stories of Runeterra, a League of Legends lore narration podcast, and uh, I very much recommend that you all go check it out. Guy said he would stop uh, doing these ads for his show, but I love doing them so. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to argue against it. It's uh, I've got to record Warwick tonight. so Nice. Well, I, we are Teaser. going to leave it there, folks. So uh, until next time, please be sure to join us here on the Gamer, Gamer. Alchemy. Alchemy Podcast. Podcast. <laughs>